You are listening to another Screenfish one-on-one, this time live at TIFF 22 with writer-director Sheila Pye and actors Madison Baines and Jennifer Warren. Written and directed by Pye, the young arsonist tells the story of Nicole and Veronica, two best friends who are struggling to survive their young lives. Things begin to change, however, when the two decide to camp out in an abandoned home that used to belong to Nicole's family. Using the old shack as a refuge from the world, Nicole, Veronica, and their friends begin to create a new home for themselves, where they feel safe to explore who they are. In this one-on-one, we speak to Pi, Warren, and Baines about the power of standing together, deviant behavior, and taking control. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome to Screenfish. Man, that would be nice. And, and you have wonderful campfire conversation around the campfire yeah. are always better than average conversation. It's so much better because you're relaxed, you're staring at fire. I, don't know. I think it's all interviews should be around a campfire. It's a really good idea. I think that's true. You can take I, I appreciate that. I think I'm going to do that. I, it's a little weird to suggest that in a film called The Young Arsonist, but I mean. <laughs> For the record, anybody is listening. We did not start a fire in no, the center of the table. Exactly. It's, it's it's illegal. <laughs> We're all very legal. Don't you do it as well? No. <laughs> um, it is it is a joy to chat with you all. Thank you so much uh, for the chance to chat with you. The film is fire, <laughs> and I'm an old man to say that, but I know it sounds weird coming out of my mouth. Yeah. It it there's there is like. A heat on this movie, not just because I, I realize it sounds so lame to say that with the title, yeah. but it's true. <laughs> like just with the characters and the, there's just so much energy. Um, Sheila, oh, I should say this too. Today, <laughs> here we are at TIFF. We're speaking with writer-director Sheila Pye and Madison Baines and Jenna Warren, the stars and director of The Young Arsonist. Um, thank you again so much, thank Sheila. You. Where did you get the idea for the film? Um, so the idea for the film came from basically it was the first film that I wrote, first feature film. So I really wanted to make it easy and just draw on what I knew. Um, so a lot of the inspiration came from my childhood and the people I knew, the places that, you know, you obviously as a writer, it's easier when you're writing your first project to write about things that are really familiar to you. So um, it came from there, um, and then obviously, you know, the inspiration has changed, but it, I had to go back to that same landscape, because that's the way that um, I grew up and how it informed my thought process. So, you know, I, it's funny how we grew up kind of hating that world that we grew up in, but then later in life, like, that's the thing that inspires you. Well, I was wondering that too. Is it is it like somewhat cathartic to process out? Yeah, your your totally, youth totally. To, just to like remember that those things that I hated about the place and why I wanted to escape it so badly, I finally escaped it. But yeah, it also set me free in a weird way later in my life. I had to go back there to be inspired. Which is so telling of the film because so much that you know trying to escape but keep coming back yes um, I'm wondering for you both what is it about these characters that, that made you want to be a part of the project 
Um, well, originally we both auditioned for completely different characters. Oh, like really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I auditioned for Sarah. Mm-hmm. And you auditioned for Nicole? Yeah. Um, but what drew me to the project in itself was the fun in it. I knew that it would be a really incredible film to shoot. And the story was just like, it, like you just wanted to keep reading through the script. Um, and I was excited to see how that would translate into real life. And it was such an easy read. It just felt like a conversation. And that's to Sheila's writing. Like it was just, it, it, it just came right off the page. And Veronica specifically is a character that is difficult for me to get auditions for because I don't really yeah. look like, like you, you keep saying like, a, what word do you keep saying? You're wolf and I, sheep and wolf. No, a wolf and sheep's you're a wolf, wolf and sheep's clothing. <laughs> so I was really excited. Yeah, so I was really excited to get the chance to show that I can go that deep with my acting, and I'm really thankful that Sheila saw that in my original audition and, and wanted to give me a chance to, to really, you know, test myself and, and show what I could do. So I guess the challenge of the film is sort of what initially drew me to it. Yeah, I love Sarah because. Um, we're quite similar, like, we are both really cool, and we're really funny, <laughs> and um, Sarah's great because, like, she just brings a party to everything and finds a lot of joy, um, which I love to do, too. Like, I, I think that's really important to find happiness and joy in even the, the yeah. saddest moments in this, too, um, which there are a lot of sad moments in this, in this movie, yeah. um, which really is beautiful. Like, that's the most beautiful part of this movie, these characters do really jump off the um, and really make you reflect on your own life and why you gather with your friends and why you sort of you know you want to break out of where you are and find something better to grasp and to grasp and to be as a young person like we're constantly doing that like I need to be here I need to go do these things but I'm stuck I'm stuck in this place I know how do I get unstuck in this place so it was just a really cool story that from the the first day I read the, the script I was like yes this all adds up this makes sense <laughs> I'm from a really small so I definitely relate to the feeling of wanting to escape it mm. and feeling like there's something so much bigger and better out there. So that definitely, you know, tied, tied me in as well. Just wondering for, for you all, you know, you talk, you're right, and this, there's this tension between escape and coming together. And I was just wondering, like, what is the power in standing together? Like, I, at one point, I forget which character it is, they say, I have a family again. It might even be your character, actually. Mm-hmm. I have a family again. What is the power of, of coming together? It's so interesting with that um, uh, theory of the red tent is that that time when you're menstruating is like when you're at your, mm. your strongest and mm. your most creative. And there's something very special about building a world and, to, and them to a house and that they could all be together. And that bonding is super important. And I don't know, it's... Um, there's, there's something about having a collective desire and passion that you could never achieve on your own. It makes you feel more brave when there's other people around you striving for the same goal. So, I also think about like how it would be impossible to not have come together over those circumstances right. too. Like, you know, me and like the cat, like the cast would. Every day, at the end of the day, we would all get together and like go to Boston. Go to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> like, and have a debrief session. Yeah, a debrief session. Like the same with the characters. Like every day, they go to the farmhouse and like unpack their lives and you know share memories and like that's what 
we did in real life too. So there, it's like almost impossible to not come together over like not not that the filming was extreme circumstances, but come together over um, like a bonding experience. Yeah. So. I think with Veronica, she doesn't really have a family. Nicole is the only person she ever saw mm. as her family, um, and she will do anything but commit to vulnerability. So I think that it's sort of a weird tension of she's really happy to be in this new environment because she finally has control over her environment. But with that, she also has to sort of let people in who she doesn't really, like, mm. care to. Like, yeah. I don't think her summer was let's all band together at the farmhouse. No. She wanted to be there with Nicole, the only person she felt connected to. Yeah. Um, so then throughout the film, I think slowly she, she begins to let her walls come down slight, slightly because, you know, been through a lot of element of family and coming together it's something that she had to learn and like un- unlearn in her head and relearn during the summer and you know Veron I mean everybody in the character or every character in the film has something that they're uh, that something that's within them that's hurt or, you know whether it's hurt or whether it's you know angst or whatever but Veronica is an intense character yeah like this is this is her father is not likable in any way at all. And you, just as soon as you see him, I'm just wondering, like, for you, how do you prepare for a role like that? Like, this is a really intense role at any age, but especially at, at your age. That's a tough one. I definitely wanted to commit to it with um, care mm. and not do anything that I didn't feel was in alignment with her or with someone that has gone through a similar circumstance. Personally, I've never experienced anything that she has, so I didn't want to make any drastic decisions about that because it's a very sensitive topic. She's gone through you know, sexual abuse, mm-hmm. she self-harms, um, just to scratch the surface there. So I definitely did a lot of research into like BPD, like bipolar like, disorder, along with um, traumatic, when you have a traumatic experience, like PTSD, and sort of how people respond to certain traumatic situations. Mm-hmm. And I, and I pick and choose some better films would really translate well on screen and would help show some humanity that's still in her. Um, so it was a lot of, um, this is, I've definitely prepared for this role more than I have any other role in my life. Um, I wanted to take it very seriously. Um, and I, 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 I know that I did, so I'm very proud of that. Um, yeah, it was, it was very difficult to get my head into that space and then to actually live it because mm. really that's what it is when you're, when you're acting you're, you're living it you're feeling those emotions so it was very challenging but very rewarding at the same time and I feel honored that Sheila trusted me to play a character that has such vulnerable characteristics about her um, had to handle that with Karen for sure yeah I mean it's it's intense that's what I mean I, and the whole film is but I mean I, the, her story is just it's heartbreaking yeah um some of these questions are a little hard to answer. And that's okay if you can. But one of the things I, I thought was so interesting about the film is there's this conversation at one point about deviant behavior. And and yet all of all the girls are dealing with shame at some way. And I was just thinking, are wondering what you think that the true damage of shame is, because they're not guilty of it. Well, eventually they're guilty of some things. But at that point, they're not. It's just yeah. thrown upon them. What every single character is feeling this. Yeah, for me, obviously, them growing up in a 
Catholic mm. environment, like really, really amplifies that thought. Mm. And a lot of that came, um, I had my first kiss when I was 14 years old with a girl. And the next day, my mom was like highly, highly religious, mm. and they dragged me to church every, mm. every week. And the sermon that day was about how homosexuality was a crime for sin. And I was sat there thinking, my 14 year old self, I'm really proud of her right now. <laughs> um, I'm not a bad person. Mm. I didn't just do something deviant. I'm not like a, I'm a good human being. And so it, all those things really, really, um, I wanted to bring them out in the script. So you see that little scene in the church right after and, and connect to that all. So I, I think that comes across. But yeah, that um, some people don't have an outlet to, to get, but they still live in that constant guilt and shame. And that's amplified by, by the organized religion in general. So mm. yeah, that was a, uh, it was also a freeing and cathartic journey to mm. go on for that reason. Yeah. I think also like right out of the gate as like a young person or like female or female presenting person, like there's a lot of shame around like being in that time and space in your life like you're going through puberty mm. and like you're like you feel gross and weird and you're not sure about yourself and other people make you feel gross and weird there is a lot of shame of like I don't know what's happening like, I don't know what's happening in my friendships because I'm becoming a new person I don't know what's happening with my body mm. should I know what's going on and it's self-shame and guilty about that I don't know what's happening with my family like I have no control over that so it is a very tumultuous time as a young person Especially growing up in the 80s in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's no resource and there's no access to, like, have, you know, a helping hand along that journey. And the only way to do that is, like, through other people who have experience. So it's a lot of, like, it's a collective shame of what's going on. Yeah. Don't look at me. (laughs) (laughs) It only makes it better through these other other women that have, like, the same experience. It's funny, like, as a woman, I'm, I'm older now. I'm not. Even still, like, I'm finding things out about womanhood as I grow up. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know that. Like, yeah. there's, like, just so many things that come along this journey that I'm like, I really, you know, you can still connect to these 14-year-old characters because, like, whoa, I, like, totally went through that. I'm still going through that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shame about, like, growing up. And, and, so, and so much shame around menstruation. Oh, it's yeah. like, you have, as though you have something dirty and shameful inside your body. Yeah. So it's like bringing that out and, mm-hmm. you know, showing that. Mm-hmm. And... Mm, that's one of the reasons why it hasn't really been dealt with really honestly in many films. Um, because of that, maybe that fear and that shame around menstrual. Okay, obviously I can't relate to that personally. <laughs> what? But, <laughs> shocker. But, but honestly, you know, you, you make a good point. Where does shame like that come for something like that? Yeah. Because it's something that every woman deals with. I just don't understand why, why there would be... I, like I, I don't understand. This is what I, I don't. I as a dumb it, man, I'm asking I think right if now. If men got their periods, I don't think it would be so much shame attached to it. Interesting. Just be like, yeah. I'm my period. I don't my period. Let's go get beers. That's <laughs> 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 like an educational piece too. Of like, there's not a lot of like research and like um, medical like knowledge of like how women's bodies work. Like there still hmm. isn't to this day. Um, crazy like a lot of 
this knowledge is coming from like midwives or like shared experiences mm-hmm. from like mother to daughter and like there's no actual like medicalized proper research done about like our organs and stuff so there, there there's just like a lack of knowledge there's like mm-hmm. a, a fear of like what's mm-hmm. going on yeah. down there because mm-hmm. nobody knows we don't even know it's crazy um absolutely Uh, (laughs) uh, i'm just wondering for you for you all what do you think hope looks like for these women they have quite a journey quite a journey it's it's a beautiful frame from start to finish there is a sadness throughout I mean, it, there's a lot of humor. It's like, you know, you talk about what joy the characters are. There's, I'm just wondering for you, what does hope look like for them in your, in your mind? I think with Veronica, her biggest demon has been destroyed mm. um, come the end of the film. And I think that there's also a, a lot of guilt with that as well. Because, um, you know, sometimes your abuser, you want to protect them. Mm. Um, so she's probably going to dealing with that for a little bit but now she can fully understand who she's meant to be without somebody constantly telling her what to do or not to do or being such a negative impact in her life um, she, she hasn't really come from hope um, mm-hmm. has no family nowhere to, to go no one really to rely on except for you know the friendships that she's made so it, I mean it's kind of hard hard to say which is which is sad but there's you know, there's a, a slim chance of hope because her, her biggest uh, instigator is, is no longer with her. Right. I feel like Veronica, like, hopes for hope. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. there's no, there's no light at the end of the tunnel yet, but she wants there to be. Yeah. She wants there to be, like, a normal life for her and, and Nicole at the end of the yeah. story. And, yeah. Like, gray area of, like, I don't know. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, it's quite honestly, it's, like, my honest answer. Well, it's interesting. It, uh, that's interesting you say that. It's like just having hope, They're hoping to have hope yeah. for Veronica. Yeah. yeah, and like creating a sense of normalcy, I think, for all of these four mm. girls too. They just want. They just want to. They want to get out. They yeah. want to yeah. leave. They want to be, you know, be a part of something special and and warm and cozy and have a family and like where they are right now. It's impossible. That's yeah. the future. Um. Like, for me, when I was creating the characters, that feeling that I had is that uh, they finally, at the end of the film, you feel like they have finally all, in their own way, taken control of their own mm-hmm. life. Mm. So for me, that means it's going to be very hopeful for them um, because they've been through so much hardship that life sucks and it's very challenging. So. The fact that they finally grabbed life by their balls and taken control of it <laughs> means that they're going to be successful in life. <laughs> but however, we started like riffing off ideas for the sequel. And what <laughs> happens? <laughs> Do the girls get caught? The big question was: yeah. Do the girls get caught? Did she get caught? Did she get away? <laughs> Interesting. Part two: What happens? How does that event affect the rest of their lives in ten years' time? It, you know, it's interesting because that film, uh, the film absolutely ends, it, it ends with a sense of closure, but also a lot of questions. Yeah. So there's absolutely more room to explore yeah. that for sure. Absolutely. Um, just, you know, you mentioned control. I was wondering what, what you think it means to take control. 
presumably it doesn't mean exactly the same thing as what happens at the, or maybe it does. I don't, I don't know. But I mean, what, what do you think it means to take control? <laughs> I don't know. It feels like life is so out of control all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. But you tell me, how, how do we do that? Uh -huh. Yeah, I don't know. I guess like the way that I feel like the most the most sense of control is like when I have like a plan and a goal and like steps to go towards to do that. But these these girls have like no, you know what? They had a plan. They executed it. <laughs> they did it. You got to do it yourself. <laughs> But I think, yeah, taking control is, like, sort of realizing what's going on around you and, like, using that to your advantage and mm. making the most out of, a, of, out of your situation like, the best of your capabilities. Yeah. I think with Veronica, it's finding the strength within herself to do something about her circumstance mm -hmm. because she doesn't have any advantageous moments in her, in her life. Um, so I think that into yourself and, and learning about who you are, I think that's taking control in, in and of itself. You can sort of take that and go from there, if you will. Yeah. And taking control for me means like going against what society or what you think society is telling you what you should do. Mm. Instead of listening to yourself and just be like, no, I actually don't want to do that. But I've been told and taught my whole life that I'm supposed to do that. Like women are supposed to be pretty and they get rewarded for being nice and people pleasers. And if you really listen to yourself, that's taking control, I think, of your life. Um, we don't listen necessarily to that inner voice that's like, tell me that. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe don't but, do that. But her your character stealing the crossbow is like this just building little seeds towards her slowly taking steps to say Thank you all for joining me around the campfire. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, the film is great, and I wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you. It's a digital campfire. No real fire. It's a digital campfire. That's right. We're during this session. <laughs> There's an app for that. But, for part, but for part two, maybe we'll apprehend. There we go. There we go. Part two, we'll, we'll bring it in. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you all so much. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you.